Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do we have our first official look at the Spider-Man costume? Are we going to do a spoiler-free review of Daredevil Season 3? And what is next on Marvel's slate to be filmed? Find out that all here on Marvel Movie News. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks Marvel Movie News. Excelsior to you, our merry Marvelites. This is episode 201, and we are coming to you live from Hell's Kitchen because (laughs) that show is so good, but we will not spoil it because we're not that kind of internet show. You've had it for four days, you have lives, you had a weekend. I got it early, so I caught up. It is so good, and we'll talk about that very spoiler-free. Amy's on episode six, so we're going to stay very careful about the end spoilers. (laughs) We'll be very delicate. I promise you, you will know nothing that the trailers didn't already tell you except for our thoughts tone vague booking all day that's what's going to happen uh so you can subscribe to us on itunes at marvel movie news you can find us at youtube.com slash popcorn talk network and find us through popcorn talks website popcorntalknetwork.com you can follow us on twitter at marvel news ptn or at popcorn talk and if you retweet a link to the show whilst we are live and manthony in the booth will retweet you what's up everybody it's good to have the devils of house kitchen back oh my god i can't wait to start that series Fortunately, I'm going to sit through some spoilers. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to be spoiler-free this week. Oh, okay, so okay. you've got a week. Next week, we're going deep spoilers, and uh, you're good for this week. We'll be vague booking. Blessed be thee. No, we got you. We got you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. No Catholic guilt about hearing the show before it's too soon. Uh, so this week, I am joined by... I have never actually met you, man. Well, we had that brief handshake we had at the beginning. Very yes, yeah, but I feel like we learned a lot we from did. that handshake. In the moment, yes. And the shirt is already like sold as a, you know, as a human. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate no that, Koi. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Frank Moran here. I uh, do other shows here at uh, Popcorn Talking After Buzz as well. Hell yeah. And you do Marvel yes. TV, right? Uh, no, I don't. I've I've uh, I've only watched it from afar. Okay, gotcha. But so I do box office breakdown with this one next to me. Listen, mm. hi, that's me. <laughs> and as ever, the ever lovely Amy. Mm-ts. Yes, that's me. Hi guys, Amy Cassandra mm-ts, Martinez. Um, yeah, and I'm already in the chat, so feel free to jump in. Again, no spoilers for Daredevil at all, please. Yet, thank you. Okay, yeah, thank you. Yes, live chat yes. as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Be as vague as possible. Do not say anything that. Imagine if you were in a live chat with your friend. Imagine if you were with your friends at lunch and one of them just randomly blurted out like Bruce Willis is dead. It would ruin what? the sixth sense. He's in Daredevil. No, no, I'm just kidding. I was like, wait a second, I have I ruined everything? <laughs> Did I do the thing I said I wouldn't do? So, like, just, you know, be considerate and uh, make sure that people don't get spoiled because the show is amazing in that it evolves while you're watching it. So, uh, this week is a fairly night- light news week, so we'll be diving into what has broken, but it is very light. Uh, and that means if you guys have any Twitter questions or live chat questions, it's a good week to do them. So, throw some questions at us, we will do our best to answer them. But, first, happy birthday, Ryan Reynolds. You have given me so much joy, and Deadpool wouldn't exist in the way it does without you. So, Ryan Reynolds, thank you. Just enjoy. <laughs> we know he's watching on his birthday, so I wanted to give him the live shout out. Of course. Of course, Ryan Rodney Reynolds. Happy birthday. Rodney? You're, his middle name's Rodney. Really? He was born to be a superhero. Slash wow. his parents had a sense of humor. His name is Ryan Rodney Reynolds. That's awesome. And his gin is fantastic if you're over 21. Uh, and also, we have this week that the MCU release schedule, the next thing coming up, is in fact... Doctor Strange 2. So, 
I was not aware that the shuffle would go this far. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 might have a two-year delay. It is currently directorless. The script is conceptually, theoretically, physically, spiritually going to be written by James Gunn. I don't know what that's going to mean for the whole project. It makes sense it's been delayed. What I think is interesting is that we had Spider-Man coming out and then Guardians coming out after Infinity War. Those are the first two. And I thought, oh, they're going to do a big space opera and then the most grounded. So when that got delayed, Doctor Strange taking its place is still that same very outlandish, very down-to-earth. What do you guys think about these two following Avengers 4? No, I like it. And I feel like Doctor Strange was a nice introduction for the character. Mm -hmm. But I felt like he was a really step up in Infinity War to be able to see him do his stuff. Uh, really on a large scale. So I'm really curious now that we've kind of got the, uh, the, the, the nuts and bolts out of the way of Doctor Strange. Right where we take him in his own second film. I do feel like we met Stephen Strange and got to know him as a novice, you know, sorcerer, but I think that I agree Infinity War was the Sorcerer Supreme. I'd like to see that character. I'd yes. like to see fully formed, like he's got the eyes, got the cloak he's mm-hmm. in. I want to see the character he was in Infinity War in a film. What do you think? Yeah, I'm also just curious. I think, I mean, I've said this millions of times on the show, but I'm still pretty fragile, so I'm very, um, you know, from Infinity War, obviously. Uh, so I'm just curious to see what they're going to do. And I really like Doctor Strange. I think that the first film really, if you've never heard of anything related to Doctor Strange, it was like, holy moly. Yeah. Like, it's like being on a trip, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It yeah, also so. leads to our theory that the exchanging of lives, which I've said since the movie mm-hmm. got out, mm-hmm. that the people that are alive now are conveniently, coincidentally, the original Avengers, um, with a, an exception or two, I think we lose a lot of the core team. I think we lose Cap, I think we lose Iron Man, and in exchange for getting these characters back, you'll also notice Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are the first two movies that are back, and those were some of the first to get dusted. So, I mean, Spider-Man was the last to get dusted, but they all got dusted in the movie. I don't think it's a coincidence that the first two movies we get after Infinity War are characters that we saw die in three. So I think that there is definitely a swap. I don't know, but it is interesting that two characters we know to be dead are in the first two movies after the fourth film. Well, and if they want to go cosmic, the Doctor Strange and they just restarted the series of Mark Wade writing it, right. where they take him out into the universe to kind of see what it is to be, what magic's like on different cultures and different worlds throughout the universe. Yeah. So if you wanted to still kind of touch their toe into the cosmic side, mm-hmm. that's a Doctor Strange could be a good character to do that. And the Ant-Man world ties into Doctor Strange beautifully, the, the quantum realm and mm-hmm. all of that. Those visuals definitely tie together. We know Ant-Man's going to be continuing on. He survived because he was in the quantum realm. And we also know that Nick Fury and Maria Hill have been seen on Spider-Man set. So all the people got dusted are showing up pretty quickly so there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting it's it's tricky because you have to announce things like this but it also is like how is that possible because they're like spider-man's dead they addressed it uh in a video we're gonna watch in a minute and i think that's very smart of marvel to get ahead of it a bit but Mm -hmm. it's very interesting how do you announce these things that being like wait a second so speaking of the world of marvel to keep these marvelous lights on (laughs) tangent uh loot crate is keeping us afloat today. Thank you very much to Loot Crate. Now, if you don't know Loot Crate, Loot Crate is the ultimate monthly subscription service. They are the original monthly subscription service, and it is a focus on things you love. It is a box delivered directly to your door with exclusive pop culture collectibles, apparel, and gear. They are from designers that love the stuff that you love. They make the stuff you love to make, and they have over 30 million crates sold because they're good at their jobs. So they have the 
WWE franchise. They have a Nickelodeon. They have DC, Marvel, Blizzard, Harry Potter, Fallout. They have so much of the things you love in these magical boxes, and you are guaranteed a t-shirt in every single case slash crate. Because it's a crate. I'm going to stick to the branding. Now, Loot Crate packs $45 worth of value into each crate for less than 20 bucks a month. So you are getting 45 for 20 a month. That is like 57 or so percent off, which is a great bargain. They also, also offer 16 other awesome crates from gaming to anime. So you can popularize. You can pick the one you want. You can dive into those things. And we at Marvel love the marvelous things they get in these boxes because, like, they, they had that, that Scarlet Spider hoodie mm-hmm. and all these things. Like, as, as a diehard Ryder Nye Scarlet Spider fan... That is the move. I can't find him, but he's here. He's right. You were so right there. uh, uh, Oh, this very hoodie was in one of these Loot Crates. So Loot Crate are fantastic. And through us, if you go to LootCrate.com slash Marvel Movie News and enter the code Marvel Movie News, spelled like you'd spell any of those words, you get 30% off your subscription. So that is... 30% 30% off of that mere $20. That is what? 30 off of 20 is $6 off. $14 if taxes aren't... I don't know about taxes. But that is insane for the things you get. So check out Loot Crate, Loot Crate, Loot Crate.com slash Marvel Movie News and use the code Marvel Movie News to save 30% off them fangs. Yeah. You guys think about it. Any, any, any notes on uh, Loot Crate? They're awesome. And I just love how they appear, appear, appeal to See, all. It's tricky. Anytime it's, this is. <laughs> how they appeal to all kinds of fandoms, including Harry Potter. I agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah very important. They had one a couple, of, three or four months back where they had the uh, the, the Hank Pym. Yes. Uh, with the, uh, the glass that's right there with all those different sizes on it, which uh, mm-hmm. I love tremendously. They're very inventive. Yes. And Loot Crate original shirts are usually pretty spectacular, which, I, which I dig. Uh, so that is our Loot Crate news for the day. Uh, moving on to our Spider-Man news, we have a couple of beautiful Spider-Man bits. And one of those is that Tom Holland himself appeared on Jimmy Kimmel. After all the paparazzi shots of the suit, they were smart to get ahead of that and have the suit himself show up. It's rad. Check it out. I guess it's Spider-Man that we have here uh, instead of Gamma. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 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 oh. What? Give me back my mask. <laughs> no. Give me back my mask. No. Hey, you... Now, this, to me, is adorably Spider-Man because using a code is not just funny, but I can see that happening in the comics. Where are you? It's also very Brooklyn, which is where they're filming. Yeah. Hey, you stole my mask. It's yes, just like being in a comic book, I would think. If Guillermo appeared? Yeah, absolutely. you know. Yeah. If there was a late night talk show Spider-Man episode? Yeah, totally. It would totally, yeah. Now, the suit itself looks like a blend between, I would say, some of the old Resistance suits, a tad of the Superior Spider-Man suit because the coloring, mm-hmm. but mainly to me it looks like the old Ditko with like some darker coloring. It's got like the yeah. original line work, and the Ditko suit actually was, it looks black with blue accents because that's how they had to do the color back thing so you had less color options. So this reminds me of the old school Ditko more than it reminds me of the Superior. That could be my bias, but uh, I definitely dig this suit. While this is playing, what do you guys think of the new suit? The uh, one thing that, I, as much as I love Marvel's interpretation of Spider-Man, the one thing that kind of bugged me about the, the first costume that you saw in Civil War and even Homecoming is the blue with the black stripe on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, it just seems so odd to me, just in terms of an aesthetic for the design. Yeah. But now coloring it with black and that armband still around there, it still yeah. fits in better, so it still seems more like I'm getting that classic Spider-Man look. Yeah, I think it modernized, but classic. And yes. that, that's that's a hard line to walk, and they seem to have gotten it. Plus, the, the material itself looks fantastic. The it way does. it moves, the way he's able to be agile. Yeah, and I've always been a sucker because I know some artists, it's always varied in the comic books, whether they want to dial more into the light blue or the dark blue or even black in terms right. of the coloring of the costume. And I've always been a sucker for when some of the artists have kind of gone to the dark, dark black. For right. That. 
The black suit's my favorite suit of all time, like the black with the white spider, yeah. and that's going to be an issue with you know licensing and Sony mm. all that stuff. So to get any of that in this is is I think is really cool option. Also, Tom Holland being Spider Man in every appearance because he is Spider Man always makes me happy. <laughs> yes. Like Tom Holland's so adorable, and is Peter Parker. Yeah, well, I also I feel like this this costume makes him look more mature. It's like he's mm. been through stuff. Yeah. So it's just like, it's an adult version. Now, I'm curious how there are so many suits in this movie. We've got that stealth suit, we've got mm-hmm. the regular suit, we've got mm-hmm. this suit. An actual backflip because Tom Holland is real life Spider-Man. Oh my yeah. um, It's interesting and how they're going to make that storyline work. So this movie not only has at least a few villains, it also has a yeah. lot of story to catch up on. Plus, they're on a, you know a field trip and multiple suits I'm really curious if those suits tie into different locations. Does this have anything to do with S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because it definitely has some S.H.I.E.L.D. flavor to it. It looks like, you know, a yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. design spider suit. Is that something from Nick Fury? Is the stealth suit from Nick Fury? Does, does Nick Fury hire Spider-Man to do something incognito in Europe, and that's why he gets the stealth suit, then gets a S.H.I.E.L.D. suit? Theories. Very true. I mean, and it yeah. kind of ties into the nice Horizon Labs uh, time of Spider-Man's life when he was designing a lot of those other costumes. So right. if there's, uh, like, nods to that in terms of he gets all of a sudden access to a lab where he can kind of tweak and refig- uh, reconfigure all these suits would be really cool. And he got dusted, and he got he comes back somehow. Who knows if he has a suit? I doubt the suit would survive if they use any sort of, like, who knows what that means for the characters. Since the movie yeah. ended with everything getting dusted, what does that mean for his suits? Yeah. I, oh. Yeah, and I'm curious to see, obviously, you know, these characters are returning. How are they going to show that first scene of them coming back? Is That's why 4 like, is so exciting. <gasps> yeah. Like, all the naked? Dust? That's not what I was going well, for, like Frank, but that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it just going to be, like, dust coming together? Or are they, they're or not they just appear? Uh, they have to come back. So, yeah. I mean, clearly. And that's oh. why Avengers 4 is so exciting is it's... The Avengers 3 was a setup of 22 movies, right? So this yeah. is like a setup of 24 movies. And in between all that, or 25 with Captain Marvel, it mm-hmm. has to answer a lot of questions. It has to, mm-hmm. to solve a lot of problems. So I think this might make more money than Avengers 3, which is like, whew, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for this movie. And it can't come soon enough. Uh, I also think each of these suits ties to a specific purpose. I think they have to be utilized for some tactile reason, like in the video game mm-hmm. or in the comics, you know leaning either of those directions. In the video game recently, there's different suits for different tasks. But in the comics, like, he's had to have the armor suit. He's had uh, insulated suits to fight Electro. He's had all those things. I think that as we grow with this younger Spider-Man, you can incorporate that kind of thing Mm -hmm. into the movies. And I think that it's smart to do it from the beginning so people aren't thinking it's a cop-out to sell toys, which it also is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and we also kind of got a little bit of that already in Avengers. Right. You know, when Tony gives him the new suit. Mm -hmm. So it already has different things. And you're learning, well, you're kind of learning through Peter. Right. Um, to deal with all of those. So I think that would be something interesting to really just take off with it. True. But the one thing I do like is that, and sometimes it does get downplayed, is Peter Parker's intelligence. And so yeah. rather than have Tony Stark make yeah. a suit for him, I yeah. really want to have him have a hand in designing future suits. I always yeah. loved that he made the web shooters and then Tony modified them. I always mm-hmm. loved that he designed the webbing yeah. so it wasn't like that cop-out. Like I was really afraid when they announced that Tony Stark was going to be so integral it'd be like dumbing down Peter. But he's a scientist. And I, I agree. That's really important to the character. So I, I like this take. I like the suit. I like that he's... If you look at it, in all of the Sam Raimi movies, he had two suits. I mean, obviously, the costume designers modified him and stuff, but overall, he had the regular Spider-Man suit, and then Spider-Man 3 had the black suit. Mm-hmm. We've had him already have his homemade suit, his Spider-Man suit, his Iron Spider suit. Now there's at least three suits in this movie, so that's six in his run. So it's a lot more financially 
beneficial. <laughs> but it's also really interesting to have like so much to play with if he's using his intelligence to build these suits. So I, I'm excited by the multiple suits. And once again, slow news week. So sorry if we were on suit talk too long. But uh, I, I love Spider-Man. He's my guy. So in the world of Spider-Man, I also want to show you guys this music video, which is a song that's debuting in Spider-Man. But in the music video, we got to see lots of new footage. So check out, we'll have to talk over it because, you know, legal. But uh, check out this new music video. That's already gorgeous. The, the <laughs> style of animation is just so beautiful. And the way they use color, oh, okay. not bashfully. They, they lean into color, not away from it. It's so much fun. Everything I see of this movie uh, just gets me more and more excited for it. I'm prepared to lose my mind. Yes. And this is a movie I feel like, yes, we're finally embracing the fact that comic books can be ridiculous and crazy and really far out there. Let's just do a movie. We don't need to do two or three movies to set up a big, huge crossover. We can just go right into multiple Earths, multiple Spider-Men. And, like, speech bubbles and thought lines. Yes. It doesn't shy away from anything. It's... This is the opposite of a dark and gritty franchise reboot. This is the opposite of a studio going like, it's too comic-y, put them in leather and call them X-Men, even though they're just mutants. Like, they, <laughs> this is the opposite. After 20 years, like, without X-Men, we wouldn't be where we are now, but I'm saying 20 years ago, we had to make it more mainstream. This is as far from mainstream as it gets, and I really mm-hmm. love that they're embracing their roots, and it's fun, it's light-spirited. I don't listen to Post Malone personally, but I know that this is like a very young sound, which made me feel real old just now. But like this is <laughs> this is the world that he's living in. I love that. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it look it looks futuristic, even though it's going back to its roots. If that makes sense. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I oh, and the lyrics are on there. They're just they're right there. Yeah. That's so freaking cool. And what a great way to utilize the movie's tone for your music video. What mm-hmm. a great opportunity. And Post Malone's huge, so it's a really great opportunity for crossover. Uh, I also just every, like a lot of this footage we've seen before, but we see a few seconds on either side of it. We see more context. And they've also, it's a CGI film, so they can have speech bubbles and scenes in the movie that they don't have in the trailers because you're adding that shit. That's true. So I really, like, we don't know what we're getting into. As the trailers evolve, we see more of the style of the film, like Gwyneth Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Gwen, Spider-Gwen's face is so beautiful and the style and texture of the face is different than her clothes is different from the background and like mm-hmm. the way they've been able to build this animation out as the trailers have evolved we can see even more here mm-hmm. look at that yeah it's a, a friend of mine uh, she's been working uh, she did like the lemurs and dreamworks and uh, she did te- Rapunzel's hair and tangled what? but now she's working on Spider-Man's webbing and saying what? that it's the coolest job she has ever had yeah, yeah. oh that's oh so cool gosh. Uh, Raptor in the live chat. That's why I accidentally said Gwyneth Paltrow because I saw that peripherally. Uh, there is a leak of Gwyneth Paltrow on the internet. I'm not going to say what the leak is, but mm-hmm. we don't do uh, paparazzi or leaks on this show because I don't support vultures. Except Adrian Toomes. Uh, <laughs> so I really think this movie is going to change what animation is. I think it's going to be bigger than just Spider-Man, which is saying a lot because mm-hmm. Spider-Man is arguably one of the biggest characters of all time. I think this movie is going to give animation a bit more credibility beyond Pixar. Like Pixar kind of holds animation and Disney is right there with them because it's one company, but I think people see the word Pixar and they're like, oh, I'll see that. And mm-hmm. like, it's got a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I think this style of animation and this world is going to make it so superheroes can have theatrical animated films. And I think that the genre of animation, the format of animation is going to be allowing for stories we wouldn't see in the future that is live action. Okay, so I, I think this that. is a great, th- I think this is Iron Man. I think this year we got the video game and this animated movie that are going to be as zeitgeist shifting as the Iron Man movie was in 2008. I think we're going to see this now after 2018, the Spider-Man 
fissure shift. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It gets me excited, uh, but it also for Sony, who's kind of had some stumbling blocks and mm-hmm. now they've handled the Spider-Man property to now come off with this. Uh, it gets me really excited, but gets me. Uh, I wish the live action side was still uh, as exciting as the their animated offerings. Yeah, I, I personally uh, am a, a staunch Venom defender. Uh, mm-hmm. I really dug what they did because it was so weird, and I think that Marvel would never have done anything that weird. And I think that Sony is taking chances that often don't land, and the chance they took with Venom really landed for me. But I'm I know I'm in the staunch minority as far as critics but I really think that it doing well gives Sony more groundwork to make weird choices so I think when this does well I think that Venom's done well I think we'll get a really unique opportunity to see the Spider-Verse be something that we'd never see in the hands of Marvel or in the hands of another property for better or worse Kraven might be awful Morbius might be awful I might be like why did I say this was a good thing but for now I love there there being it's like a spinner rack I've said before like it's like walking to a comic store and being like oh a new artist in this book oh a new writer in this book that's not Mm -hmm. how I see the character but look there's more and I think that having um, multiple studios making these movies is only going to benefit us until it doesn't. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited for this because it, I think it's going to encourage other studios to do a theatrical run. DC has been handling us in animation for a long time. Mm-hmm. I love DC animated films. I hope this is so good that it makes DC want to release things theatrically. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want all those things. Uh, I've been talking a lot. How do you guys think about animation? Well, I, I think that, I mean, I've talked about this before, that if there are more things for people to watch and absorb comics from, through or you know get introduced to characters that they wouldn't have otherwise known that i'm here for it you know what is it um spider ham spider ham Ham. yeah yeah so like that's one that i i never heard of until doing this show or maybe marvel tv weekly but like here you know so i think that that's awesome and i think that it looking so freaking cool certainly doesn't hurt and i think that even younger audiences will be like, oh, wow, this is cool. I want to watch this. And then this could really, like you say, really start something new. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. And I think that especially if you're trying to decide, okay, like I do want to watch a superhero kind of movie, but I don't want to cry my eyes out like <laughs> I did with Infinity War, then you can watch this or you can watch Venom. Like there are so many different kinds of properties out there that they feel so different that you're never going to feel like you're getting the same thing over and over again. And that's what I mean about being weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it was a very formulaic 90s style movie, yeah. but that in the modern day is not what's common. And I, I said before, we can kick back and have a beer and watch it because the comedy is so weird. Mm-hmm. That's what's so different is the style of comedy. That style of comedy wouldn't live in Marvel. So I like that there's that that mm-hmm. option. And by diversifying all of our things, uh, I wanted to get the stats here, but the Spider-Man video game in its first weekend actually outsold Spider-Man Homecoming. That's how big that game was. It made uh, like 240, I don't quote me, like 248 million to 211 million versus the movie. So it did like 30 million more than the movie did. And that's how huge that game was. So I think it's really interesting that we're living in a time where there's so many mediums, there's so many things that you have the option to have these storylines that couldn't exist in the other. And I think this will be that for animation. Yeah. And the new DLC for uh, the Spider-Man game is coming out today as well. Too. Yes. That yes. was the third bit of Spider-Man news today. Yeah. Right now, it made all the money in its major release. But as we speak, you can pick up the DLC which I know very little about, which is very exciting. I know Black Cat's involved, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what the DLC includes except for what three suits it has, which are all gorgeous, and that Black Cat's involved. But I like that I get to replay the game with new eyes, and I like that... So it's 10 bucks just for that one DLC, but it's 25 bucks to pre-buy all three. So if you know you're going to get all three, save the five bucks. If not, you can pick up just that one for $10, which is very exciting to me. Just for me, in terms of the films, it's for for me, uh, I... Spider-Man's rogue gallery, I like them in relation to Batman and, or excuse me, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And seeing them, like Venom, without any context to Spider-Man just didn't really excite me. Sure. So 
Uh, for me, I were Craven. If you're going to do Craven's Last Hunt, I feel like that's you need Spider Man to tell that story. And whether Marvel and Sony will agree that like that, yeah, we'll let Tom Holland be in that film. Who knows? Right. But, uh, it does me- need Spider Man for Craven's Last Hunt. Yes, like, that, I totally agree. Yeah. There. And I, I had said the same thing about Venom because of like the suit and like how it works. And they took the animation origin and they kind of like retrofitted it to themselves. They included John Jameson. They did enough things. Mm-hmm. But I, I still like what's he hunting if not Spider Man? <laughs> yes. Like that's not even a movie. <laughs> uh, so I, I definitely agree with you there. And I'm really curious what they do going forward, especially since Tom Holland's contract with Marvel does expire soon. Uh, that that handshake agreement, I, I want to say, is only five or six films, and he's done five now. Hold on to so, it dear life. Wow. Yeah, if you think about it, like he's done Civil War, he's done Infinity War, he's done Homecoming, and now he's doing Far From Home. So that next, I, I see the four. I, I'm not good at math, but yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, so yeah, that, I think the Spider-Man zeitgeist shift is upon us. I think 2018 we'll look back on and see the video game. We'll see this movie, and the next year getting Far From Home. Everything's mm-hmm. changing, all for the better. I'm very excited about it. But also in the world of Marvel, we have oh my gosh, a theme park coming. Now, this theme park, I have never been to the Florida Spider-Man ride, but I've wanted to my mm-hmm. whole life. Since I was a kid, and it was in the back of Marvel Comics, and I went like, ah! <laughs> I've been to Disneyland in California, we've been to Disney World, so this Spider-Man ride has haunted me. We are getting a full theme park at Disney's California Adventure of all things Marvel, and 2020 will bring about Phase 1, which is much sooner than I expected. What do you guys think about a Marvel world? It is awesome. I mean, the way you've been building it out, I mean, they have Star Wars, now Marvel, it's mm-hmm. just... Incredible, and if you're gonna put some uh, your your property in somebody's hands to kind of conceptualize that and bring it to reality, mm-hmm. how can you go wrong with Disney and their Disney Imagineers? Yeah, I think as far as worlds go, like having a Marvel universe to go to, to physically go to, that's like one of the coolest things in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just like it's like Harry Potter. You know, like you go and you you read about all these things, and you're like, holy moly, I'm here and. I'm not a big fan of roller coasters. I actually get really, really scared, but I would totally go to it and check it out and see. And I'm curious, like, what about the food or, you know, everything that encompasses a park? Really? Yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree. No, a friend of mine, I, she works at Marvel doing a lot of their live entertainment events and stuff mm-hmm. like uh, the Marvel tour that they're doing, uh, that big live show. But then she just uh, posted on social media that she got invited to be a part of this new uh, the Marvel theme park that they're doing. Yeah. And uh, just seeing that invitation, which is just, you know, like it coming from S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's like, oh, we had it <laughs> quoting uh, as, uh, Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man. And she's like, oh, I've never been more jealous. I was just like, dang it. That would yeah. be, what a great job that would be. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. You've got uh, connections, though. That's cool. Well, they Look all do up. cool stuff. I, I only watch them do cool things. They Look do them up, all. <laughs> so that uh, that is arriving very soon. Within basically 2018 is almost over. We have mere months left, so 2020 is not nearly as far away as it should feel. Uh, but I'm really excited for that because Disney is already incredible. The one good thing about a Monopoly is you can go to one park and experience all the things. So since they own everything, you can go to this one park, experience Marvel, experience Star Wars, experience Pixar. I'm really excited about it because I love the feeling of being a kid again, and Disney definitely captures that so to meet spider-man to visit wakanda to do all those things oh yeah well uh right after black panther came out went to california adventure and black panther was there that's such a cool like like, (gasps) it brings back that childlike wonder yes there were kids in front of me freaking out just as much as i was oh that's so adorable (laughs) yeah you relate i get it this is cool but to me this this is a constant battle between my excitement to want to see this in real life uh going against my hatred of waiting in long lines. That's fair. That's fair. It's like, oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. No, and then I went back because, um, yeah, Black Panther, I I couldn't get to to him the first time, but then I went back and I waited for him because before that. You pounced on him? 
Oh, that was good. Yes, go. I did. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, so to the uh, the quasi-rude fellow in the live chat, the video game is more expensive than movies cost, but out in L.A., movies cost about $20 versus video mm-hmm. games $60. But also, the video game, we don't know how much it costs to make. I don't know the figures of the box office versus cost ratio. I do know that it made more money that weekend, and also, I just found the stats. So, uh, the... Sony PS4 has sold 3.3 million units in its first three days of release. The PS4 is the number one selling thing of all time. The next highest is 3.1 million units, which was God of War, another exclusive. Uh, While Sony did not provide an original number with a retail price of $60 for the game, the 3.3 million copies roughly translates to 198 million, crushing the 117 million opening day box, opening weekend box office. So Mm -hmm. in terms of sheer figures, it has outsold, which was my point. Don't be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) So, in the world of television, it is time for Marvel Movie News TV time. That's your first time hearing this. Oh, thanks. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) The science? Okay. Marvel Movie News. There we go. We're talking TV time. There's the magic. Yeah. I love this so much. So, he did a song for DC, and then, uh, so Roxy had this magical TV time because they focus on DC TV yeah. over there a lot because there's a lot of great DC TV. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, we, we like Marvel TV. So, the same <laughs> dude made us this awesome song. So, we thank you. Uh, so, in the world of TV, let's talk Luke Cage first because we can avoid even like light spoilers because Luke Cage, unfortunately, has been canceled. So,. That means Iron Fist and Luke Cage, two out of our five heroes, have gotten the Thanos snap. They have been dusted. They are no longer with us. (laughs) Half and half. (laughs) Balance. Uh, So it is very interesting. Um, I think that this gives a very interesting opportunity to either come back with a Heroes for Hire show, saying that it is a new show. They could either bring those characters to the Disney streaming service, but I feel like that's unlikely. Uh, I feel like that's what everyone assumes is going to happen, that we'll get a Disney streaming version of these characters. But I think that ties the characters, Mike Coulter, and Finn Jones play those takes on Luke Cage and Iron Fist too much to Disney where the other characters might live on on Netflix. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think Dodge the Dragon, Heroes for All, those things might come back on a new service, but I don't think that the actors nor the lawyers would want to deal with the ramifications of Netflix and Disney streaming sharing concepts and concept of characters. Mm-hmm. We identify Finn Jones and Mike Coulter and all of their supporting cast with the Netflix universe. I don't see that shifting, not to be the bearer of bread, bad news or bad news. Uh, I really think it's the end of days for those shows unless they come back with a daughter to the dragon or a heroes for hire and call it a new show what do you guys think? yeah i'm not that worried i think i was the first few days i was kind of in shock but yeah i think we are gonna get you know either daughters of the dragon heroes for hire on netflix i i feel like especially the way that the second season of iron fist ended people loved it and rightfully so I think that they listen. They're like, you know what? And Luke Cage did fantastic, too. This last season was amazing. Um, I think they're going to use those two together. I mean, they have to. They really do. Like, we loved it. Yeah, well, it's like both characters are I enjoy both characters individually. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm a soft pop, reading comic books for my whole life. I've always liked the heroes or hero concept more. Yeah. So I always enjoy the two of them when they are together. Right. So if you're going to give me a, you know, a 13-part series where the two of them are teaming up, I'm going to be way more excited then I probably would be about individual seasons for either one of them. Their dynamics together is amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the comic. Like the, the recent Heroes for Hire comic was very 
it ran a long time, it did well, and they've always done well together. And also, the moment that Finn Jones showed up in Luke Cage, that Iron Fist was really, oh. really interesting as compared mm-hmm. to the whole season of the Iron Fist, because they knew what the mm-hmm. dynamic was, they knew what that relationship was, and him wearing a, a sweet Christmas hoodie, that those those little moments exist <laughs> because of the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Like, they exist because they're bros together. So, I would love a Heroes for Hire show if they came back in that format. I would love a Daughter of the Dragon show, because we saw spoilers for the end of Iron Fist. I'm not going to say what happened, but we saw a thing that would cause that to make more sense. Yeah. Uh, We also saw at the end of Iron Fist the most dynamic version of the Iron Fist character we've seen yet. So there's a lot of mysteries wrapped up in Iron Fist season two I'd love to see solved in another show, like like the corpse, like the the last five minutes, like all of those things I want to see answered. (laughs) And that landed at the show that I've been waiting for. So I feel like what happened with Iron Fist, at least, was you had season one be so brutal that season two had to recover, but they were starting at a deficit. So it was good, Mm. but it was already in a... So I feel like just three never had a chance. Mm -hmm. Whereas Luke Cage had an interesting thing where the first half of Luke Cage, everyone agreed they loved. And then there's a a big thing that happened at the halfway point. A lot of people didn't love the second half. And then the second season had a lot to answer for because of that. And then the second season had an ending a lot of people didn't like. So I feel like both these shows came out from a very, like, tricky standpoint Mm -hmm. for season three. And I don't know the numbers because Netflix doesn't release them. I don't know if this was done financially. I don't know if it was done to, you know, take shots at Marvel. I don't know if this was done because of scheduling madness. Like, what do you guys think caused it? Um, I see. I've I've heard that it was, um, what is it, creative differences for Luke Cage. So with the script that they actually, like, had turned in parts of the script that they were hoping to do for the next season... And Netflix didn't like that. So, I mean, that's kind of sad, obviously. (laughs) But, I mean, even we got a little hint of the future of what could be back in Defenders. Right. uh, With, um, you know, Iron Fist and Luke Cage. And then when Iron Fist came on Luke Cage, it was even better. So I think that that, just those moments alone, that really holds hope for the future. Even if they didn't like the script that Luke had like Luke Cage had. And I'd love to see any of these guys pop up in other shows. I also, this isn't a spoiler, but I like that Daredevil felt like a Daredevil show. It didn't feel like a Defender show. It didn't feel like it had to share things. Yeah. Um, That doesn't give anything away. Uh, But I really like that those worlds can exist together or separate. I like that it feels like a comic where someone popping in doesn't feel jarring, but if someone doesn't, they're they're their own show. Yeah. So I would love, like we said, Heroes for Hire, I would love that uh, that opportunity to bring these characters back because I want to find out what the third season would have been for both of these shows. And I think they can exist together, especially with Iron Fist being 10 episodes. If you have a 13 episode with the two heroes and it works, then that might work and be the way to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. And I think those characters deserve more closure than where they ended. So... Yeah. I don't know if that's going to ever happen. I am I am very 50-50 on the likelihood of these characters coming back because this is a tricky time with Disney starting a streaming service and with how Marvel handles their characters. Uh, Ted Sarandos, the, the he's one of the higher-ups at Netflix, did have a quote saying that they have the rights to these characters and they can keep making the shows as long as they do well. It's not a rights issue per se, according to that quote, but what it actually is, none of us know, and I don't know if we ever will. Yeah, that's scary. But I'm hopeful. I'm really, really hopeful that mm-hmm. this is not the end. We'll see them. Netflix is actively acquiring most comic book content. They pick up indie books all the time. Like, we don't even hear about all the deals they're making. And then some of the live chat just mentioned Millar World. Like, Mark Millar's, like, whole pocket, they do own. uh, They own, basically, uh, Rob Liefeld has a whole setup with them with Extreme Comics. We might have an entire Liefeld experience on Netflix within the next five years. Because that deal is already, that's done. That ink is dry. So, I feel like Netflix just is like, well, if this is going to get complicated, what if we go over here? Uh, now, those characters are obviously much less well-known. I'm not saying it's an equal thing. They're not... There's no way uh, a extreme comic is going to equal the recognition of Luke Cage. But if there are complications, if there are creative differences, I could see Netflix being like, well... Yeah. 
If you give me a Youngblood animated in peak Rob Liefeld, and that, that will... dude, full pouch, man. Like, give me, give me some pouches and That's a right. lot of harnesses. Because uh, we haven't seen that yet. No, I'd be all like, down for that. We haven't seen that full tilt like that character yet. Yeah. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. Just we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I am going to say, tangenting off Luke Cage and Iron Fist, which is definitely a bummer. Uh, none of us wanted this to happen. Daredevil season three is pretty dope. Uh, Daredevil, spoiler free. No spoilers, I promise. Um, actually, why don't you start since you're six in? What do you think so far? Yeah, um, it's so good. It is so good. <laughs> it's, it's dark. It's, I mean, I would say it's, it's even darker than before, but it's, I mean, you're already like three seasons in mm-hmm. at this point, so you're fully dedicated. So I am, I mean, I love Foggy so much. So everything that these characters do, I'm like, oh, are you, are you going to be okay? Like, don't do that. Do this. Oh my gosh. So already starting that season like that and really killing it with every single episode especially a certain moment that happens in a certain episode that I've already watched that I'm just like holy moly they kept that camera rolling for a while no spoilers (laughs) um yeah that was absolute perfection that one scene that I'm not gonna tell you guys but oh my gosh and you just finished six correct yeah finish six yeah okay uh no five more minutes okay I finished six Six is six get goes goes places (laughs) <laughs> okay. Have you watched any yet? Well, there is. Uh, you're about you could be as uh, more interconnected or le- uh, less interconnected mm-hmm. as you want. I felt there there were some things that happened with Karen Page in here that I felt like, given everything that happened with her in the Punisher series, mm. it would have made. I, I would have liked to see some kind of nod mm. to perhaps uh, a little bit more of interconnected. Whether you saw anything or not, just at least some reference to. Yeah, there's some things that happened with her and, and uh, Frank Castle that you're like, oh. Given with the situation she finds herself in the season. Gotcha. Like a, like a dialogue choice. Yeah. Like just, okay, I gotcha. Uh, so this for me is, I think that Daredevil is my favorite of the Netflixes. Um, it's so consistent. The season doesn't feel long for me ever. Uh, I think the 13 is perfect for the show. I also feel like there is a lot that the Marvel Cinematic Universe could learn from the fight scenes. Uh, I feel like the fights are more dynamic and more comic-fueled than anything the movies have yet to accomplish, except maybe Winter Soldier. And that is a huge statement, because I love the MCU. I love the fights in Infinity War. I love the way this world is shaped. But when you watch a fight in Daredevil, it is something unique. It is something special. And it not only tells you uh, how well they fight, but it also tells you a story. The style they fight in, Mm -hmm. the way they shape the camera work, the way they shape these choices, and their ramifications. People get hurt and they stay hurt. And... Every character fights in a different style. Uh, Daredevil fights very differently than a character that is introduced this season that the trailer gave away, but I won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, uh, Kingpin, which is not a spoiler because he's obviously there, uh, fights like he does in the comics. He squeezes, he tosses, he throws. Like the, All of their fighting styles are very much from the comic. And then the dialogue is also. Uh, nothing ever reads false, especially this season. Um, the gothic darkness that is in the comic, the especially the Born Again that it's very much based off of, is present. Frank Miller is here. It is dark. It is gothic. It is gritty. It is messed up. And a lot of non-comic fans, there's a twist about episode nine that people won't see coming, but every comic fan is like, will they do that? And then they do. And that's amazing to experience as a comic fan and a Netflix fan. I think that every TV show that is based around this, this type of property can learn from Daredevil. And I think some of the movies can learn from Daredevil too. Mm -hmm. Uh, This season for me is up there with the rest of Daredevil. Like Daredevil season one, I think changed 
comic book shows. I think Daredevil Season 2 showed you can have multiple characters and juggle them. Daredevil Season 3, I think, shows you can take your time and trust in the dialogue and trust in the fights to tell the story you need to tell. And that character I haven't mentioned on purpose has one of the coolest origin stories, and Episode 5 is like an art house film. Episode 5 is like weird, abstract, esoteric, and it's telling the origin story of a villain. Uh, it is it is a beautiful, magical thing. Yeah, yeah, it finally hit me <laughs> when you were talking about it. I was like, yes, that happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it certainly ends yeah. at a place where like season four is definitely teed up, given everything that has happened with Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist. Even though this has been really well critically mm-hmm. received, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how quickly we would hear something about a possible season four. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an option because this one's doing well uh, and they've said that they own the rights and they've said they, and the cast and crew have said they want a season four. They've come out ahead of this. Uh, an interesting thing the live chat just said. Um, Langley saying he had the same feeling as CGM makes me ask why bother when the entire thing seems doomed to have the plug pulled out from us by Netflix. When... If if I I think you guys are all older than twenty, but remember like any movie used to be you might just get that one. I think not experiencing an amazing thing because there might not be another one is yeah. is dooming us for failure from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. uh, the way these shows get made is ratings. Like every view counts. So I think that if you like something, watch the hell out of it. Watch it twice. Uh, I think that we don't. Nothing's guaranteed. We might die tomorrow. I don't think that anything should be looked at as oh no, this might fail because later. Um, so and I, I think Langley is like around my age. So like Langley, you remember the X Men man? We didn't know after X Men two if we were getting three maybe we shouldn't have but um (laughs) there's definitely like a there's a suspension of disbelief that the show ends it should have a button it should feel resolved we should it should leave us wanting more but we also shouldn't feel hungry uh so i think that daredevil's really good job making us like oh man that was a heavy ending but i want more but i feel i feel resolved yeah uh and so i i think vote with your time man like netflix just costs you whatever a month make sure you get those clicks in because this show Mm -hmm. we want a four we want a five i want to keep going and jessica jones and daredevil i think have the best chance of going forward uh and we know we're getting a punisher season two already Mm -hmm. we know we're getting a season three of jessica jones already already i think we have a, a good chance of these going for four or five if we watch them and stay consistent yeah yeah well i i just i was watching like four four out of the six episodes of Daredevil that I've seen so far and just like replaying everything and hopefully you guys are still keeping the chat spoiler free spoiler free um, spoiler free please uh yeah it's just a lot and I'm so glad it's here yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I, yeah I'm in deep love I, I'm very excited so next week we're going to talk spoilers uh, because we will not do that to you guys we'll give you 10 days not like 4 um, because it, it's a lot it's 13 hours of television uh, but it's so good in my opinion I really like the pacing I really like the villains I really like that it felt like comic dialogue there were so many moments where I was like that is just how did that actor make me believe that line but also it, it the world is so grounded like some weird comic-y things work uh, the thing like there are fights like the one that I described as old boy-esque that feel Netflix and hallway and all those things but there's also fights that are like this is a full-blown 90s comic book fight but it feels real and grounded and and i i've shouted out chris brewster before but chris brewster is the man who was in the daredevil suit as soon as that mask goes on he's the hallway fight he is now doing fight coordinating he is now doing stunt coordinating he has evolved through the marvel world and now he is largely responsible along with the entire team he's not one man it's a team but chris brewster has helped shape this world and he needs more love because man is daredevil a leap above the rest and no matter what those even if you don't like the show those fights are dynamic and different so yeah and especially with this new villain that i am wanting to tell you all about but i'll (laughs) wait until next week because i I mentioned his name flippantly in the collider spoiler free review because it was in the trailers but then people are like oh i didn't watch the trailers now it's been ruined i'm like why would you watch 
no. this, but not the trailers. <laughs> like, why would you watch a non-spoiler review if the trailers would have... I've just stuck to the trailers, but just in case, no. I will not mention this one character because he's awesome, and I really like how they developed him. Um, any other final thoughts on Daredevil? I would just say Vincent D'Onofrio just rocks that white suit. <laughs> yes, he does, man. Yeah. Man. I love Fisk. Yeah. Fisk is incredible. Oh. D'Onofrio, like... His his neurotic twitch of a, of a character choice, and yeah. a lot of people had a problem with his voice. Uh, season one, I think that he's noted that and shifted it some. Mm-hmm. His voice is is different than it was, but it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like he's doing a new character. He just feels like it's more animalistic instead of like you know the the season. I I've always liked the way he played him, but I, mm-hmm. I can definitely tell like message boards have affected certain choices. <laughs> yeah. uh, as you know, that's fair. I love when fans' input affects the way a show runs. Um, so this season, I think, is on par with the rest. I love the Daredevil corner. I would argue Daredevil is amongst the best of any Marvel property, uh, including movies. I really, I think Daredevil is really special. So, uh, Langley, thank you for voting with your clicks. Um, yeah, anything else? No, I'm excited. Uh, no, yeah. Give us a season four announcement. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of new seasons, Cloak and Dagger what? has started filming season two. We got our first shot of Miss Tandy Bowen's directorial slash actor chair. I always think of those director chairs that everyone gets them, but it looks like to me it's a director's <laughs> chair. Yeah, well, why are they called director's chairs? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, it's a director's chair, but that's an actress. Yeah. But they got to sit, too. Yeah. But they should have a different name. Either way, <laughs> this studio chair, mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited. Like, this obviously gives away less than nothing, but I love Cloak <laughs> yeah. and Dagger so much that I was like, you know what? We should announce season two is filming because that mm-hmm. show was so good, and it was yeah. so adult while being young and that is a hard line to like teenhood is confusing filming teenhood is more confusing having the toad translate most confusing so i was so impressed with the show's tone its world building its flavor the fact that i was invested in characters i only really knew from maximum carnage uh what did you guys think of <laughs> i did not get a chance to watch the series yet but i've always been a have had a soft spot for them in the comics yeah so i'm uh you know it's one of those things when in a world where i become uh, infinitely rich and I have infinite amount of time. Oh, absolutely. That, that I can catch up on everything that I had, hadn't had a chance to watch yet. So I watched all the Marvel shows for this show, but mm-hmm. I hadn't watched all the DC shows. But now that I'm doing Collider Heroes, I have to catch up on all... Like, I have seven years of air to catch up on. So <laughs> I started with Flash because one of my friends is on Flash. But I'm starting season one of Flash, and then I'm watching season five so I can support my friend and also, like, do the show. So, like, between one and five, everyone gets powers. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm just, like, watching them, like, okay, this is quaint compared to what is happening. So it's really funny watching a show that is expanded like that, but it's also really a testament to how much audience acceptability there is. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at, uh, you know, season one of Daredevil versus season three, or even what comic book shows Smallville to now, Aww. the amount of things we can accept is so beautiful. Like, the movies yes. can be full superheroes, and Cloak and Dagger, I thought was a great example of that. This is a character that is has a cloak on yeah. <laughs> that goes, bam, and then comes back, and you're like, yeah. And a girl that just emits daggers from nowhere that yeah. is like, and like truth and justice and them subverting expectations by making them the opposite of the stereotype. Like, this show I don't think could have existed until 2018, and I think Runaways and this show are really paving the way for a beautiful young adult audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm jealous of those kids. I know. <laughs> if we had grown up with all of this, I think we'd be even nerdier. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, my, my poor kids don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Like they're going to come out, like, Same. tattooed with Spider-Man on their chest. They're like, grow into that! You're going to love this it. This is your life! Yeah. But, yeah. like, it's a really cool time to be a young person. It's really, I mean, I assume a lot of our audience is, is fairly young. You guys have it. This is amazing. And for the older audience, you can appreciate the cap mm-hmm. ear phase when he had foam ears outside of his helmet. That was a thing. Or outside of his... There was a Captain America movie where instead of cutting holes in the in the sides of the mask, they put foam ears on the outside because it looked better. And that's oh. what we survived. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's a beautiful time. The Cloak and Dagger exists. Runaways exists. All these shows. I also want to mention that uh, Daredevil, the entire cast and crew have come out, especially Vincent D'Onofrio, saying how much they want to fight Spider-Man. So oh. the I love that the Netflix universe is trying so hard to be like, come on, Sony slash Marvel. We're right here. Give me that Vinny D'Onofrio kingpin fight. Uh, so I think it's great that they're all nerds. They're all invested. This is all like one big happy family. And I, I'm just happy all this stuff exists. Uh, anything before we get to Mary Marvelites? Mm-mm. All right, so Mary Marvelites, shout out. Do you want to take it away? Sure. So thank you, Josias Berganza, at Berganza Josias. Robert Moran, hey, are you guys related? That's my my, my, my brother. Oh, Hello. hi. Oh, hi, at Bobby Moran9141. <laughs> JJ Lang, at JJ Lang tweeted. AJ Russo, at Royalty TTV. Sir Harry Palms the Blind at Sir underscore Harry Palms, Max Russell at Max Russell 66, Tori K at Vicky Toria 1996, and Sky Patterson at Skype 1996. All right. Sky Patterson. Now, mm-hmm. we yeah. have a little, we got like 10 minutes. So if you want to send in any live chat questions, actually more like five minutes, but if you want to send in any live chat questions, now is the time. Uh, if you want to keep an eye on Twitter, we can also jump into there. Yeah. Uh, and I also want to shout out Christian Jackson, who said, Happy 200, guys. I've been watching for a long time now, but I can't watch live anymore because of my class schedule this semester. I don't usually ask for this kind of stuff, but 1023 is his 22nd birthday. Woo-hoo. Today, happy 22nd, man. Um, and congrats on school. And I'm sorry you missed the live chat, but getting smart is more important. And we live forever on YouTube, so <laughs> please, by all means, thank you for joining us and a very happy 22nd. Uh, this is also going to make me feel very old, but 27 is so dope as a year. You can legally drink. Hangovers don't hurt nearly as bad as they do when you're 30. And the world is your oyster and you're in school, so you're clearly making good choices. Good on you. Uh, the world's your oyster. Preach comics. Um, any questions from the world of the internet? So far, not on Twitter. And... I should have chatted it out earlier. I apologize. Uh, but also, an announcement for me uh, while those questions are coming in. Unfortunately, uh, my schedule is is just, it's a lot. Uh, so I, the next week's Marvel Movie News may be my last. Uh, I'm going to see what I can shake out. I can see what life's coming away. No matter what, I'll be back for a Christmas special. I want to do the DC Marvel Amalgam again because that was so much fun. So worst case scenario, I'll be back. We'll do an Amalgam Universe. We'll talk all things, year review, all those things. But I am always on the internet. So I plan to do a pop culture show where I basically, I'm going to film my thoughts on things and throw it on YouTube. So if you want my thoughts just like they've had here, but about everything, Marvel, DC, uh, movies in general, comic books. I'm going to give comic recommendations. I'm going to have my own show separate. I promise I will still be available. And I'm going to drop things on Twitter as they break. So I'll get to break some news. I'll also drop things on Instagram. And I'll always, you can find me at Collider Heroes, but I want to be more like dynamic with you guys. So if there's things you guys want me to talk about, I can chime in. I'm going to start a YouTube channel because I haven't somehow, I've been on. What? The, I don't have YouTube. Stop it. I post so my Insta reviews that I do. Yeah. I occasionally do like five of those and just drop them on YouTube. I literally have like maybe 30 videos on YouTube. I don't do YouTube. So Dude. Uh, that like this, this is one of the things that I don't have time for, but YouTube is like, it's not like a scheduled slot. So I'll be able to <laughs> jump on things. So I'm going to try to have YouTube be in lieu of this because I can do it on a Monday or a Sunday or five in the morning when I can't sleep. Uh, but Marvel Movie News has been amazing. You guys have been incredible. I will be back next week. This isn't goodbye, but it's the potential to goodbye, and I don't want to just ghost on you guys because I've been with you guys for four years. Uh, I started on here as a guest on that cosmic couch when we were talking about the chance of Spider-Man joining, the idea of Daredevil Season 1, all those things. So I've been here since the like a long time, so this is a very hard thing. But... 
Uh, it, and it's, it's, it's most likely it's like 98%, but next week I will know for sure that is, that is looking like that will be my last week, but that means I get to ride out all through October with you guys. That means I'll get to talk Daredevil spoilers with you guys. I got to experience Venom with you guys, which I never thought we'd do. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. Do we have any questions? Yes, we do <laughs> actually. Um, okay. The first one is from beeping goat, which MCU movie slash TV shows do you think has the best chance of getting a crossover? Ooh. What do you guys think? No. You, you, oh, no pressure. Well, I mean, I think if you're looking at it, probably for me, it would be Spider-Man Daredevil. Yeah. I mean, that's They're just... pretty dynamic. And, but yes. the interesting thing is the age difference now. That, that, Charlie no, Cox sure. versus Tom Holland are very different than they would be in the comics, but that could be a fun dynamic to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kingpin, I think, allows for the most logical... Yes, because it's, I mean, it's, he started off as a, a Spider-Man villain, and he's been so associated with Daredevil, yeah. especially when Frank Miller got a hold of him, uh, that it's, now that he's kind of showed up in the Nick Spencer run again, is kind of an antagonist, it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah, like, that's a thing. I yeah. Think that's yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Jessica Jones has a really good opportunity, because yeah. she's like the angry aunt, like, there's a, like, for the, for the younger uh, heroes, like, mm-hmm. you could have her be a mentor, but, like, in that very, like, only Jessica Jones way, um, I think that... Punisher's so dark, I don't think he'd land, but there's a lot of opportunity to have that commentary about vigilantes. Like, the Civil War commentary on what a vigilante is versus a hero, Punisher is ripe for that. Mm -hmm. So having him as a quasi-antagonist that we all love is a lot of fun, but I think he's too dark. Um, That said, I am curious with Luke Cage and Iron Fist being cancelled, if we get a new Luke Cage and a new Iron Fist down the line. I'm talking 10 years. I'm not talking anytime soon, because that wouldn't be fair. But down the line, I'm interested if these shows stay canceled, if we get a Luke Cage and the Avengers, if we get Iron Fist as part of something, if we get a Heroes for Hire film. I'm not saying this is even a rumor. I'm just saying, like, I'm curious if that is now off the docket, if that's something they're they're working on down the line. Yeah, I always enjoyed what Bendis did with uh, Luke Cage and the Avengers, and then later on in the new Avengers with Iron Fist. So it'd be, uh, I'd be down to see them uh, brought, brought over to the MCU films. I also think as far as TV goes, Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, that's just... Easy crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see That'd that. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, Cloak and Dagger Runaways, I think, is the most likely to happen in the next mm-hmm. two years. I think that's, yeah. the, that's the most, like, come on, it's right there. And they cross over a lot in the comics. Their tones are very similar. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, crossover between the teams behind the scenes. Like, I definitely see that happening. Mm-hmm. Anything else from the, uh, the internet? Um, Zeno Hour asks, what upcoming MCU movies are you excited for? All of the above. <laughs> I don't know if there's one I'm not excited for. Uh, that's a great question for most shows, but here we just go everything. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's a great question. I, there's nothing I'm not excited for. I, I think every announcement gets more exciting. I think the mm-hmm. fact that we know so little, like the fact that Avengers 4 on is a big old question mark. I feel mm-hmm. like this is the first time since I started the show four years ago that I know very little about the next six months, and that feels so cool. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, everything that I keep hearing about Spider-Man Far From Home just gets me more and more excited. I see a day where we could see Mysterio. As a bad guy in a Spider-Man film, I'm just like, yes, yeah, yes, right? yes, 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 yes. I totally agree. And oh. Jake Gyllenhaal, like, the caliber of actor they got from Mysterio, yeah. there's a lot of glory there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel, for sure. That's that's up there for me. I think, I mean, I've been following Brie Larson. I remember her from back in Sleepover. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you've seen that movie. No, Frank, I've... I know that's your favorite movie. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So I, I'm just so freaking proud of her. I can't believe like she's doing this. And I was actually watching the trailer recently, and I'm like, blockbuster, man. Like, I love the <laughs> 90s, and I love that we're getting to uh, go back to the 90s. And actually, um, yeah, we're going to be seeing a poster of Sleepover, which, guys, if you've never seen Sleepover, this is totally, like, 
out of what we usually talk about, but you should totally <laughs> watch Sleepover. It's great, and Brie Larson is fantastic in it. So what happens when we have a late news week? Sleepover <laughs> yeah. becomes a Sleepover. full subject. Like, we've run yeah. out of things to talk about. Nice. I asked questions too late. I should have asked earlier. Uh, Gamer Girl asks, do you think the Spider-Verse movie will have Madam Web in it? I think that Madam Web, Spider-Man 2099, and maybe even Scarlet Spider are going to be the deep cut, holy crap moments for Spider-Man fans. I think uh-huh. that uh, Madam Web's the least likely of those three because the the implication of psychic ability tying to the world, tying to the web. But if they do the web concept of these different universes, Madam Web might be more bite-sized explanation than Morlin and all of the different spider totems and hunting spiders. And that seems, one, very dark for a kid's movie. But two... Uh, a lot of story to tell in two hours. So unless it's going to be the Spider-Verse series, which it could be, uh, I think it's more likely Madam Web, but I also think Madam Web is unlikely, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I can understand mm-hmm. like using that as a way, you said, kind of a bite-sized way to explain this whole concept. And then if it was successful and they wanted to do a second film, mm-hmm. that's when you could uh, introduce Moreland. You could like, oh, these are really the bad guys. But now yeah. that we've already established what, how this universe operates... I mean, it's less explanation to understand uh, the bad guys. Right, and then it can evolve into the conversations because the web's established in one film. Bad guys are established in another. You yes. Could, you could build from there. So maybe, um, but that, I don't know if it's happening, but also before we wrap, and we have like another minute or two, but uh, com, Walt Disney something something, that's where they have all the details about, they have a, a restaurant, they have a, all the attractions, there's some of the attractions for the Marvel Universe at California Adventure, uh, the store lineup, all those things have been revealed officially. It was too long to dive into we literally it came out two minutes before the show started so we didn't have time to filter and sort but check it out because that is very exciting news to have a physical place to go to be in the world of marvel will it be as good as marvel mania restaurant that is the question oh i remember going to that as a kid i love that place i still gotta do the spider-man ride in florida (laughs) i I gotta get to florida get on that ride uh any other questions any other um no questions as of right now and I saw all the outpouring of love. Uh, thank you, guys. I, I have loved doing the show, and hopefully it's not goodbye. But if it is, Collider Heroes, Twitter, Instagram, this new YouTube thing I'm going to try, which makes me feel very old to be like, mm, this, this is YouTube. How do we wow. upload the videos? Uh, but it might be the way that I, I keep getting to share this excitement for you because Collider Heroes, in that, it's everything. It also means I have to skip some Marvel stuff. Like, mm-hmm. since we cover Image, DC, Marvel, I sometimes have to be like, no, not that piece of thing that's relevant to me. Uh, so I will always want to share that with you guys and i will miss how open form this has been i will be back next week and hopefully i'll have final details for you guys next week in the meantime send me stuff because i love you guys but where can they find you on the internet you guys can find me on all social media at amy cassandra mtz also on after buzz tv i do a couple of shows and yeah on popcorn talk we do box office breakdown where we talk about movies and it's pretty fun <laughs> um i also i'm also on geek bomb so we do a lot of nerdy things which i'm sure you guys would appreciate um, join our Patreon because we're doing cool Fungins and Flagons things. So really follow that. Um, and I'm also on Clever. And I also have a YouTube channel. So subscribe, follow, tweet, all of that. Just, I'll be asking Amy how to do YouTube after the show. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. I don't have nearly as much going on as either of two. I'll just be outside eating some popcorn. So, and know. box office breakdown. Oh, I am. Yeah, I'm reading some comics, guys. I'll read some comics. I, this is the place to hype, man. <laughs> I'm not just got these shows and all that comics. Yeah, box office breakdown. I love box office figures. It's the weirdest, most like accountant-y thing to be excited about. But it's like, <laughs> I'm always like, oh, that figure has changed that one from that record. And like, it's exciting. <laughs> so if you're into that weird math of movies, check it out. Because the ramifications fun. of how movies do is 
the entire landscape of filmmaking. If you look at it from a financial standpoint, which movies are a business, the film movie business, uh, that shapes what we're going to see for the next few years. So, Box Office Breakdown is kind of like a soothsayer in what's coming. Ooh. Plug, plug, plug. I like that. Uh, so, I... Oh, and now we get questions. Well, briefly, I do think uh, Alice Eve's character could appear Justin Gilmore. Uh, I think that character was really important and a standout from the show. I think it absolutely is an opportunity. And her character, the way it's portrayed, would fit in Daredevil or Jessica Jones very well, especially with how diverse the growth of that character was. By the end, you're like, whoa, wait, which one do I believe in? Like, that's mm-hmm. there's an opportunity there, I totally think. Um, and as for me, uh, you can find me on Collider Heroes. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U. I also host Arena Trivia, which is a fun little trivia app game. Fill up your whole phone to like trivia facts. Uh, and I also am, like I said, starting a YouTube page. So if you guys want anything specific, since I'm just starting out, it's a blank slate, send me your ideas, send me things you guys want to see. Since you might not be seeing me here, tell me the things you'd love for you here for me. I think at minimum I'm going to do like my three favorite comics of the week, my favorite movie of the week, like just a basis of the things that are exciting me and then all of the news that has me most excited because I want to share that with you guys and I'm going to miss this so, so much. You guys have been amazing. I love Marvel Movie News fans. Uh, you, This live chat will be missed so, so dearly but hopefully I can do some YouTube live chat once Amy tells me how the internet works. Yeah, I'll show you. Uh, <laughs> but as always, it has been a pleasure. This has been episode 201. We will see you next week for full Daredevil spoilers in the meantime, tweet all of us, Wasp Box Office Breakdown, find her and Clever, and until next week, I'll see you guys. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals. 